Hey everyone, and welcome to the New Visionary Podcast, a podcast for artists who are ready to reach greater heights in their art careers. I'm your host, Victoria J. Fry, founder of Visionary Art Collective and New Visionary Magazine. Join me for inspiring conversations with some of the most inspirational visionaries in today's art world. Let's jump in. Welcome back. I'm so excited for today's episode. We are going to be chatting with Ekaterina Popova, an amazing award-winning artist, entrepreneur, founder of Create Magazine and the Art Queen Society. And Kat is also the host of the Create Podcast. Cannot wait to chat with Kat today. Welcome, Kat. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and to chat. Yay, I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it and just learning about all of the wonderful things you are doing from your career as an artist to the work you're doing as an entrepreneur. So I wanted to just jump in and start by asking you a little bit about your journey as a visual artist, as a painter. Um, Can you tell us about how that started for you? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me here. And it's a pleasure to share. So I have been creating my whole life, um, as many of us, ever since I was a kid, I was always making things. And art was just one of the ways that I processed the world. But it wasn't until after, I would say, you know, high school that I really got serious about it. And I just couldn't stop making things. And eventually my art, my high school art teacher encouraged me to get my degree and to pursue it. And I'm glad I listened, but it definitely was always a part of my life. But when I was younger, I never really knew any professional artists. So I had no idea this was even a career (laughs) decision. It was just something I did, you know. Amazing. And tell us a little bit about the subject matter that you focus on, because you're known for your interiors, but I've also seen examples of your older work from, you know, eight to 10 years ago. And you also focused on, I think, interior at the time, but also landscape as well. So can you tell us like what drew you to that subject matter and how it's kind of evolved over time? Yeah, I definitely didn't start out making interiors. I didn't really even consider that a possibility. But uh, early on, I was very drawn to fairy tales and kind of moody scenes. And I painted a lot of nightscapes, actually. Some of my first works were night paintings. I was just always in love. And I remember seeing an Edward Hopper painting with the night uh, windows, and that just made me so excited. So that was like my early college work. But before that, I made everything. (laughs) Like many high schoolers, I just experimented with like surrealism and portraiture. And I was just really free. And of course, I didn't have any of the art world baggage at the time. So I was able to explore. I painted a lot of abstract flowers. And one of the pieces that I remember making uh, it was it actually won like second place. It was a, <laughs> I, I don't know why I just thought of it as you asked me this question, but it was a painting of a hand and on the hand there was like houses. I don't know. It was very strange, but, <laughs> but yeah, so I started out just experimenting like so many of us. And eventually because, you know, in college they encouraged us to think in themes and to think about the concept behind our work. I was trying to find my place and the landscapes that I was painting were very inspired by my upbringing in Russia, but eventually I just didn't have enough access to images. And I just remember finding a picture of an interior that kind of set everything off for me. And it just made me fall in love with painting it, but it was definitely like an excavation process. (laughs) 
Absolutely. It's so beautiful to hear your story and also just having seen your work and like to be able to see how it's evolved over time, because there are definitely some commonalities between the work you're creating now and the work that you created so long ago. And I, but one thing that has always stood out to me about your work is the mood, like whether it's a nocturne or an interior, there's always this really like prevalent mood that I can't even describe, but especially in your interiors, it's like you feel like you're in the space and I just feel so calm when I look at them. Um, what led you specifically to get into interiors? And like, I know you, this is a series you, that is ongoing for you. So yeah. what has it been about that series that you've personally connected with? I think it's like, I just never really enjoyed painting the figure. Like I, I experiment with it and I go back to it once in a while. It just never was my thing and just never keep the interest. But an interior is like an, ex, like a container. I feel that I can explore the emotions or color or certain human activities, you know, referencing to food or intimate scenes. So I feel like it's just this never ending. It is like a box where you can play around with different concepts inside, kind of like the landscape too, you know, landscapes can do that as well. So I feel like when we find um, an outlet or it's not necessarily a formula, but it's almost like that place with that has some kind of limitations where we can play and go deeper and deeper and deeper. And for me, that has been the interior, whether it's, um, you know, it's something from memory or something more imaginative or more abstracted. I think depending on my state of being, <laughs> I think emotion and mood has always been a part of them. Beautiful. I love hearing about it. And it's always so different, I think, to hear the artist speaking about their work than to just see it online or to read about it. Um, and I know you recently had an amazing solo show, which was just gorgeous. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about the success that you have found in the art world, because I know that you have worked so hard and you have had, you've participated in so many shows. You've had several notable solo exhibitions as well. Um, so I guess it's kind of a two-part question. The first part is, how were you able to, I guess, just really get your work out there over time? And what advice would you give to emerging artists who have similar goals as you? Yeah, definitely. So the, um, the recent experiences and success that I've been able to enjoy are actually seeds that I planted years ago. And it's funny because now I feel like I'm like setting a whole different set of dreams. But I would say back in 2016 or so, I gave myself full permission to acknowledge my dreams, what I wanted. And I never did that before. We always say, oh, I want to be epic. I want to be wealthy. I want to do this and that. But we don't get specific enough about it. And we treat it almost like as this distant wish where we don't actually commit to it. And I remember just making a commitment and that's when I hired my first coach. That's when I quit my job and did all kinds of seemingly irresponsible things, you know, to people who are observing. They're like, what the hell is this girl doing? Like <laughs> crazy person. Um, but I remember just making a commitment and I remember writing out my dreams and they seemed crazy at the time. I remember I was making around $30,000 a year uh, working at a call center and I honestly wasn't even making that much in my business when I quit. I was not making that much for my art and I wasn't making that much for my platform. And so I was kind of like, I was making some, so I knew like there was potential there, but it was just this leap of faith where I could see it. I had to trust myself because I could see it. Um, and it was 
just following that journey. But I think the important thing is to, no matter what your goals are, because we all have different goals. Some of us might want to work with traditional galleries or museums, or maybe some of us want to be more independent and run our own businesses. Whatever that is for you, it's just really important to be really clear on it. And being clear doesn't mean you know, a specific gallery or a specific person, but just like, what is it that you want? How do you want your life to look? How much do you want to earn? And then just letting it go and starting to, once we agree and decide on our dream, we will start kind of showing up naturally to it. So it's not a conscious thing where I wake up and I'm like, how do I attract a museum today? It's more like, I am now this person in my mind that will eventually have that success. So like, what does that person do? Like how, and then a lot of it is just playing and experimenting. There was a lot of spaghetti throwing (laughs) against the wall and to an extent still, because we just don't know what it is, you know? So we have to follow those nudges because we just never know what they lead to. So to summarize, I think getting really clear on what you want Um, investing in your growth. Like I certainly would not be here if I didn't have my mentors and coaches and the, even just the the courses that I took online or even the YouTube videos that I watched, you know, whether it was, uh, how to grow your Instagram or back in the day, I didn't have an Instagram. So just beginning from scratch and just doing the practical things, but not in a way like I see a lot of people doing this where they do all the practical things, but there's no like faith behind it. And so that doesn't really work either. So combining your belief that something's going to happen and being optimistic in a way or be having that childlike faith, but then also doing, you know, if you want a gallery, that might mean visiting some galleries or applying places, writing proposals, things like that. But also knowing like, hey, like we don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen eventually. So And by the time that our vision comes true, it becomes like such a small part of it. Like the whole meat and potatoes is like in that journey. Because when I look back, the solo show or like the opportunities that I once thought were up here are literally just like the tip of the iceberg because I know what it took to get there. So it's really, really interesting. So it's definitely about the journey, not the destination and who we become in the process of reaching those goals or dreams. Like, that's that's the best part because no one can take that from us, right? Oh, I love that. And I just feel so inspired hearing you speak because it really is. It's about um, the practical action and like, you know, taking that inspired action and doing all of the things that we need to do to to grow. But it is for sure about the mindset and the belief in yourself. And it's true. Like one can't really exist without the other. Those two things work in tandem. And that is what brings success. Um, and I also just love what you said about like, it is the journey and not the destination because it's so easy to lose sight of that. But like, sometimes even I do these exercises where I think like, what if I had absolutely nothing? Like, or what if I have everything regardless? Like who is the kind of, who? what kind of woman do I want to be? What kind of person do I want to be? And I think if we keep that at the forefront of our minds too, that's like only going to help us grow. Um, So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. And the way that like if anyone has any trouble conceptualizing that, yeah, I do love this question. Like what kind of person do I want to be? Because let's just say something happens and my whole existence disappears tomorrow. Not my whole existence, but like let's say all my social media is gone. Like the galleries no longer work with me. Like I can literally trace my own steps now, not with the specific people or organizations, but like 
the kind of person that shows up and attracts opportunities. And that's what I mean about when we become the person that attracts those opportunities, like we can recreate that again and again in different ways. And we don't have to worry about losing anyone or missing out. And the way that I really started to understand this concept is at the gym, like, you know, I'm great. Like I I have no problem. I can manifest money, followers, whatever. That stuff is easy to me. But when I, like, I get really freaked out by going to the gym and I had this like huge mindset block and I'm healing it over time. But for example, if I go into the gym and I'm in one of those moods where I feel sorry for myself, I'm like, I don't want to do this. It scares me. Like I hate the barbell, whatever. Um, that day, the workout is not going to be great because I'm just going to be in my feelings the whole time, worrying, getting anxious and like, not believing in my own potential, basically, even though last week I just did this exercise with no problem. But, you know, we get in our own way sometimes. And versus a day where I'm like, I got this, like, this is just a bonus. I'm doing this to take care of myself. I'm not trying to win an Olympic award. I'm just going to do the best I can. And I'm going to be proud of my progress. That day I'll break like a personal PR, right? Because there's no pressure and I'm expecting something good, even if that good thing is just being proud of myself. So it's the same way showing up to, you know, applying places or growing our Instagrams, whatever it is, selling art. It's like when we take the pressure off and we play and experiment and expect something good to happen, like usually that's when we get the breakthrough. (laughs) Yes. It's like a release of that expectation and, and taking the pressure off. I've I mentioned Elizabeth Gilbert in probably every podcast episode. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I'm absolutely obsessed with her. But part of that reason why I love her so much is because she speaks so much about that, about how like we can have these wishes and desires, but it's really important to separate them. Like if you are, if one of your biggest goals is to be a really successful, well-known artist, um, yes, that is important, but you should really just focus on the art making and the process and the journey because everything will come as a result and giving yourself like a healthy distance between what you want and it actually happening so that you don't live with this pressure hanging over you. It's just something that we need to keep in mind when we are, you know, ambitious or we have big lofty goals. So I love yeah, that you shared I totally, that. totally agree with that. And I love Elizabeth Gilbert so much too, because she is someone I remember in Big Magic when she wrote about like when we try to make our creativity, make us money right away. It's like herding cats. And it's, it has been really true for me too. And, and I was, you know, I was just teaching a masterclass last week. And one of the things that I was reflecting on is, yes, I have these opportunities with these galleries and I'm so grateful. Don't get me wrong, but I'm still the one making the work. So it's like at the end of the day, even if, whether you work with someone or not, or whether you got the opportunity or not, what's going to set you apart is your work. So why not why not all of us just find joy in the process and the making? And like you said, the foundation is our art or our writing or whatever music, whatever it is that we do, that's the meat and potatoes and everything else is a byproduct of our commitment to ourselves in that way. So yeah, what a way to take pressure off because all we have to do is just keep making stuff (laughs) and sharing it. Yes. And it's like, if you just keep making and showing, I'm reading The Practice right now by Seth Godin, which is also like just about focusing on your practice and committing yourself to your practice. And I think you said it so beautifully, everything that comes after that is just a byproduct of your focus and commitment to the work itself and finding joy in it. It's so important. Like, and it's these things I think sound kind of obvious, but they're actually so easy to forget and to lose sight of. So it's like, we have to kind of ground ourselves and come back to these guiding principles. 
Absolutely. And I will admit, I have moments like that too, where we get caught up in like, oh, like, why am I not getting this result or why, you know, and then we start getting into comparison or thinking we should be further ahead. But it's funny, the minute I don't think that way and I just go focus on either art or writing or creating something, then just people just come to me and they <laughs> they literally write to me like, how can we work with you? Or I want to buy, like, I don't even say a single thing, you know? And it's all about that energy of being in joy because it's it, it ripples out through our work then. It's so true. And I'm feeling so joyful and inspired <laughs> like, <from laughs> chatting with you right now. I'm like, oh, I think I needed this conversation today. I also wanted to ask you about the incredible work that you are doing with Create Magazine, um, which I know you've had for quite a while now, and it has just grown and expanded every year. It's it's really amazing to see. And also the Art Queen Society. But maybe we could start with Create Magazine. What led you to initially launch this initiative? How has it grown? Tell us all the things. Yeah, that's like my pride and joy. <laughs> it's my baby. So Create Magazine, um, actually my first ever magazine was called Fresh Paint Magazine. And I started that in 2013. Um, and then I had a partnership that just didn't work out. So in 2016, right when I quit my day job, I had to rebrand to create, which I'm so glad I did because it has grown into something way more than I could have ever imagined with my first one. But the reason why I started a magazine initially was because I, after graduating, had got rejections from like every job I applied to and I just couldn't find my place, but I, I was longing for community and I wanted kind of to contribute to the arts, the artists and art communities. And I just, I don't know, I felt like not useless, but I, I felt like I had a lot to give. That's a better reframe. And I just didn't have an outlet for it. So I started something very scrappy and humble, but it grew. And I remember I, I knew I was onto something when People, and at, I don't have my MFA, but at the time I was a recent grad, when people with MFAs and professors started like submitting and sending me their work, I was like, wait a minute, these people are like way out of my league. How, like something's happening. And at the time it was like not making barely any money. It was just kind of like a blog thing. And I knew I was like, yeah, there's something here. And I started to think outside the box. I started to like go to back in the day, I would like physically go to places. I would like take a bus to New York, knock on people's doors. And it was, I don't know, I just got really excited about it. And what was exciting is when an artist would get their copy, take a picture or tag, I don't know, that just gave me so much life and momentum that we just kept going and seeing how we can push it. So these days we are a magazine, an online blog for artists, a podcast. We write books with my friend Alicia and our writers contribute like career tips and articles. So it's been really amazing to grow slowly because the reason why I find the, my business so fascinating, this business specifically is because it was like totally not planning to be a business. <laughs> so when I started to figure out that, oh, wait, I can make money doing this, like it changed my life. And now that's why that's what we can talk about what led into coaching later, because I was like, wait, like if I create something, people might want it and feel like connection to it. And then we can all benefit from it and I can get paid. It was an amazing feeling. And of course, it came with a lot of challenges and learning curves. And I had to invest so much into business education because after a certain point, I just had no idea what to do. So 
but all those things are now part of me that no one can take from me. So that's, that's the beauty of investing in yourself. Like you get to keep all of that and use all your wisdom and knowledge to grow whatever else you want to grow. Um, so yeah, so that was the magazine. Everyone can check it out at createmagazine.com or follow us on Instagram. So it's, it's a lot of fun. We have fun. (laughs) Amazing. I think it's so cool to hear about the journey and how it started as just a magazine, which it still is, and it's an amazing publication, but it also has so many other facets now. Like I was on the Create Magazine website the other day, and I was just blown away by how many articles and resources, and there was just so much career tips. Like it's it's such an amazing offering for artists of all levels, um, and it's really just wonderful to see it grow. And I so I wanted to also ask you about your work as a coach. I think I might have left that out of the introduction, but you are a wonderful and just such a talented artist coach. I think it's something that comes so naturally to you. How did you start coaching artists and what has been like the most impactful part of that? Yeah, thank you so much for your kind words. I very love working with artists and um, it actually started because, well, it started early on before I was officially a coach. I would start sharing career tips and things and stories and on Instagram. And then Alicia and I started writing these articles. And then we launched this little workshop that like did blew us away, did super well. It was called the artist CEO at the time. And we're working on another little workshop together now too. So, <laughs> but the point is, is that I was like loving it. I was so excited to share. Our first book came out basically overnight because I just like had so much to say. Um, And then we got, um, this is what happened. So around the same time, the universe does not mess around. I'm telling you, everything happens for a reason. So I met my coach, Michelle, in December or like earlier that year, but we started really chatting and we connected in December, 2019. In November, 2019, um, we got we were working with a publisher to publish our book and we were revising our first original um, smartest guide. And long story short, a person from our life decided to accuse us and sue us uh, and saying that we were stealing information from them, which our book, for those who read it, is just about our experiences in the art world. It's very personal and very practical. Like you can find that information anywhere, but we kind of just shared our own stories with it. And so it was, I was at a place where I was ready to start officially coaching because I, wanted to work with Michelle. And then also this person came and basically was just acting catty about it. And it was like the scarcity mindset that we can't all have, you know, contribution to share, um, whether it's through teaching or books or whatever. And I was at a very terrified place. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, this person's going to come after me if I start coaching. And I had to make a decision then Like, am I going to let this person bully me and scare me um, when I can help so many people with my experiences and like my passion for teaching really? And I just, I was, I was scared. I couldn't breathe. Like, you know, all the, (laughs) sure. Everyone had an experience where you just feel terrified to like be yourself. And, but I had to really face that. And a lot happened. I got into a car accident because of my anxiety. Like I would literally swerve. Like I would like blank out and I would swerve into the wrong lane. I'm not joking. Like I was so stressed and so tense. Like I couldn't even function normally in my life. I was ironically driving from yoga one day and I literally swerved into the wrong lane. And yeah. And so I crashed my car and I was just, I was like on my lowest low and I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this. And one of the first things that I did was I was working with my coach. I was getting some, some healing and therapy I was like, I'm going to go for it because I don't want other people to feel afraid to share their knowledge. That's so stupid. That made me so upset. 
So I launched the Art Queens in <laughs> March 2020, and then the world shut down. And I swear I was so serendipitous because we were all kind of like, what do we do now? So it wasn't that I was telling people what to do, but rather we all just like came together and learned from each other and had that space together. And that was the beginning of my coaching path. And since then, I worked with amazing artists and just people who are doing incredible things. Um, but yeah, it was not an easy decision to become a coach. Long story short. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's a lot to go through just from, you know, and I've heard you share that story before, but every time you tell it, it's just like, I, I think it's really amazing though. And really admirable that even when you were at your lowest point, you were thinking about how you could serve others. And I'm sure that in serving others, like it's also very healing for you as well and probably helps to get you out of that place. I mean, I remember when you launched the Art Queens and the timing could not have been more serendipitous because <laughs> we were all alone. And I remember, I think at this past fall, one of the artists in the program said, you know, I was with you guys during that time more than I was with my own family. Like <laughs> we were on those calls all the time from our living rooms and our bedrooms and um, it was this really beautiful and empowering community and it still is. And it's so vibrant and I just see it growing all the time. And it's, I know that if I ever have a question, uh, whether it's a practical thing or just something I'm curious about, you know, the Art Queens group is the first place I go to ask <laughs> because we have so many resources in there, you know, and it was just a really, really beautiful thing. Thank you so much. Yeah, that was my intention. But I think like beyond just the career advice, because like so many people out there have done way more than me. I think it's a safe, like the safe space of it is what really motivates me to keep it going and growing. Because I know even on some of our calls, people will bring up like, I feel uncomfortable sharing my dreams with my family or my family thinks I'm crazy because of the way that I do things or whatever, you know. And I wanted to have a space where we can be weird and free and have big epic dreams while still being artists, you know? So um, thank you for sharing that with me. And I think, yeah, like if anyone feels afraid to do something because you're worried about what someone else will say or think, it's not a matter of you not doing that because that's a disservice to yourself. It's a matter to check in with yourself about your boundaries and, you know, how you're letting other people dictate your life, your purpose, uh, so that was a big lesson for me because I, in some ways I was responsible for what happened because I felt the need to share and validate anything I was doing with this person. And um, at the end of the day, it's my life. And as long as I'm in integrity with what I'm doing, there's no problem. You know, they might find it a problem, but that's not actually the truth. So, um, yeah, that it's been an amazing journey to to be a part of our community. It's so true. I think that as artists, we're in a unique position where we're a little bit out of the norm of society. And so not everyone understands fully what it is we do or our dreams or like it can feel to some people so off the beaten path. And to other people who are not artists, but really understand and appreciate artists, they do, I think, kind of get it on a, on a level. But there are people who definitely do not. And I think what you have created, like you're saying, even more than you know, the resources are amazing and the knowledge that is being shared is incredible, but it is that safe space and that community. And like, we can share our experiences if we're feeling alone or if we're feeling like other people in our lives are not quite understanding us and our dreams and what we're trying to do, we can relate and have that connection with each other. And it's, I think one of the most powerful things is to create that sense of community. So 
Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, and anyone can do it too. Even if you're not a part of a membership or a community, like you can just gather your people, like even if it's just two or three people who get you, who support you, just making sure you're meeting with them or even just texting them once in a while can help create that safety in your life and help you not to feel crazy. (laughs) And it's all relative too. Like I'm a part of a mastermind now where I'm surrounded by people who are like building multi-million, if not billion dollar companies. And they're so sweet. And like being around people also who stretch you and make you see the potential in what you're doing is so, so empowering because in, it's, instead of seeing the block now of like, how the hell am I going to get to my goal? Maybe you see how effortlessly they're navigating, you know, whatever bigger thing that you couldn't even picture a moment before you met them. So I think just being in a room with people who are doing epic things is always a good idea. <laughs> Yeah. And it, because it shows you it's possible. And that's something that you you always say and that I definitely picked up from you is like when you are around other people who are successful, it's showing you that it is possible. And I think that's such an eye-opening way to think of it. Absolutely. And also normalizing like um, maybe if we all have some kind of preconceived notion, like what does a rich person look like? Or what is a successful millionaire? And when you sit with a bunch of really kind, funny fun, energetic women, you're like, oh, they're just like me. They're just uh, ahead, you know, a few years or a few steps or whatever. And connecting over like Netflix or favorite food, it just normalizes that experience and it helps you feel safer with your big goals as well, which I love. I love that. And I actually really love what you said about how like sometimes these um, women or entrepreneurs or who or artists, whoever it might be that are achieving these great levels of success. It's not that they're lacking, that you're lacking something they have. Most of the time, they just happen to be a little bit further along in their careers than you. I remember last summer I read um, Girl Code and what a life-changing book. And one line that really stood out to me is when Kara said, you know, the reason that I'm up here on stage and you're in the audience isn't because I'm like smarter than you or better than you. It just happens to be that I'm a little bit further along in my career than you, but like you will get here too. And I think if we start to think of it that way, like I'm not lacking anything. These, these successful people don't have anything over me. They're just a little bit ahead, further ahead. And like, I'll get there too. It's a really healthy mindset. Totally. And that mindset actually really is helpful, especially for artists starting out because you become, it's easier to be consistent and resilient and determined and continue showing up when you just know it's going to happen and you just continue showing up versus worrying if someone's going to like it or buy it. Like that is the biggest dream killer ever. But instead just being like, I'm doing this, I'm doing all the right things and I know it's going to happen and I just have to be patient and believe, you know? Um, And yeah, and Kara always says, I love that book, Girl Code 2, for anyone who hasn't read it. Um, Kara's always reminding me too, it's like the people that we see doing the successful things that we want, they just went for it. It's not like they knew something or they had something. I mean, some, some people might have more privilege than others. That's a whole other topic. But for the most part, it's just like they just put something out there and probably didn't work the first time around, right? They probably experimented and played with it until it started to work. So I love that. Yeah, it's so true. And it's very fresh on my mind right now because in the practice, Seth Godin talks a little bit about it too. And he's like, it's funny how when you start to read these books that the same things start to come up and there's just like different perspectives on it or sometimes the same perspectives. But Seth Godin says that too. He's like, 
successful people just assert themselves, even if they're not really sure, they just do it anyway and like hope for the best. And often it works, oftentimes it works out. And sometimes they have to go back to the drawing board multiple times, but like it is having that consistency and that resilience. So totally. I even had like, I will share this things like, especially being a business owner, things sometimes don't work out perfectly. Things get delayed or Um, you know, things don't go according to plan all the time. And honestly, one of my mantras is just like, everything is perfect. So even when something feels late or I feel behind, I'm like, no, this is exactly how it's supposed to be. And when I own that, like that comes through my communication, how people perceive me, how I perceive myself. And yeah, it's just like always making that decision. Like literally everything is perfect. It's exactly the way it's supposed to be. (laughs) Even if it doesn't feel that way for a moment. (laughs) Well, and I think also what just popped into my head when you were talking about that too, is like trusting, like trust is so important, like trusting in the timing of things, trusting in yourself, trusting that things are going to work out. Um, and I think it actually all comes back to trust as well. Yeah. Like anytime we feel scared or nervous, or if we find ourselves in scarcity mindset, if we can root ourselves in that place of trust, then we almost like immediately return to it a place of abundance. Absolutely. It is all about feeling safe with yourself and safe with your, you know, your decisions and knowing that your brain is way smarter than your conscious brain. Like your subconscious is constantly doing things to protect you, to help you thrive, to help you survive, like without you ever thinking, like you don't think about breathing. You don't think about going to the bathroom. I mean, you do think about going to the bathroom, but you know, like those are natural things that you just know to do. And there are similar things going on with our careers and other things that we might not consciously understand why we made certain decisions. But when we look back, we're like, oh, I can actually trust myself because this looked really bad and it looked like I was going to fail, but actually like somehow moved me forward a few steps. So having that sense of safety can be developed through breathing, meditation, being outside, just slowing down and being present. Honestly, there's no hack for other than just being safe with yourself physically because our emotions are in our body. Totally, totally. And I think like adding on to that too, something that has been really helpful for me that, you know, I'm sure would be helpful for other people as well is like, it's not a bad thing. It's not a negative thing to be in a place of scarcity. I think what's the most important thing is to recognize it and to have tools that you can kind of immediately um, draw upon. Like for me, it's affirmation tapes. I happen to love Louise Hay's Power Thoughts and I play it. I think I've played it probably three or four times since yesterday morning. I just play it on repeat. But it's like anytime you catch yourself feeling in that space, just it's okay. And it's safe to feel that way. And you're going to feel that way because we're human. But it's like, just don't allow yourself to like let it fester or dwell. Like try to immediately draw upon those tools that you know are going to make you feel better. And like you said, maybe it's uh, taking breaths or going for a walk or usually just being really present. But any other tools that are helpful for you too. Absolutely. And actually going back to the beginning of our conversation too, art is one of those tools because when we express ourselves, like one is inner child healing, you know, that's how we communicated, especially before like age five, where we couldn't really verbalize our feelings. Like maybe we used paint or we danced or we threw a tantrum and banged our fists against the floor. But like, those are all the ways that we can Um, get out those emotions because they are not meant to stay in like animals in the wild shake and run around like humans like have way too much self-control which obviously is like good for society but in terms of our mental health we bottle a lot of stuff in 
So art making is a tool to help us feel more grounded, which it doesn't have to be for business or exhibitions. It could just be in your sketchbook, like literally just playing with colors or crayons, whatever, oil pastels, collage, like just getting it out into some kind of physical form can be so, so helpful for that and normalizing those emotions. Absolutely. It's a really healthy release. And I think for artists, it's it's a necessary release because if we start to go too long without creating at all, I think we can start to feel really pent up and like not totally like ourselves. Yeah. And how cool is it that we have this gift where we can share our human experiences with others and they somehow understand that even if they can't verbalize what they're seeing, like it's a whole other language that we have and we should be so grateful to ourselves that <laughs> that we can get it out there, you know, like I have all the, um, I have a few paintings up here and I need to get one of yours too, but I'm just like, everyone has a different language when they create, like, you know, from abstract to imaginative stuff, to landscape, to like more stylized things. I'm like, it's so cool. I just think it's art is so amazing. It is. It's such a special thing. And I think that like, I'm even just thinking back to those early days of like going to contemporary art galleries as a teenager or museums and just kind of like feeling this sense of understanding when you're looking at the artwork, like, okay, I get what this artist is trying to communicate. And I feel it too, just from looking at this piece, never having met the artist or had a conversation with them. But it is, it's this beautiful visual language that we are actually so lucky to be a part of. Like, it is such a privilege. I have to remember that sometimes because we're so used to painting or we're so used to being artists, but it's, we're really blessed to even have the opportunity to create and share our work. So, okay, I wanted to ask you, because it is the start of 2023, um, what projects, what are you working on right now? I also want to ask you about the book that you just released that I'm super excited about. I'd love for you to chat a little bit about that too. Yeah, thank you so much for the space to share. So for my own art, I just got done with a big solo show. So I'm literally just coming back to ground zero in a good way. Like I, we're doing a hundred day challenge with my members, the art queens, just making something every day, going to the studio a few days a week and just, just playing. Honestly, there's nothing um, on the horizon, which is amazing because I've had so many things. So it's nice to reconnect. Um, with the magazine, we are always working on the next issue, <laughs> always on the next. So check out, you know, we, all the opportunities that we have um, and something really exciting. So one of our friends, Paradigm Gallery in Philadelphia, just purchased a three-story building in Old City and we're going to be a part of it. So we're slowly starting to plan in-person workshops and two exhibitions a year, which has been a dream of mine because I love the print and I love the online, but as you know, like it's so nice to connect and just like have a glass of wine together or whatever, just see each other in person and see each other's work in person. So, um, even though, you know, we're starting small, I still think it'll be awesome to add that physical component. And yeah, so the next, the last most exciting thing in my opinion right now is Alicia, my friend Alicia Puig and I just wrote our second book. And this was an amazing opportunity to work with Chronicle Books in San Francisco to create a guide for any creative who wants to start their own business. So you will benefit from this, whether you're an artist or you want to start a gallery. We had the pleasure of interviewing um, Hashimoto contemporaries, Ken and Jealous Curator, Chris from Colossal, um, Leah Guzman, the art therapist, my accountant, <laughs> Dawn Patton, which I, I'm so grateful for her. 
um, and her team and just like people who approach business with creative, with creativity, the common thread between all those people is they created something they needed that just didn't exist. Like that's what I'm kind of gathered from (laughs) reading their interviews. And Alicia and I also broke down like actual steps, like starting a newsletter, how to launch a product or a webinar and like just everything that we've learned. Cause we both, you know, I started the magazine as well as my art practice and coaching. She runs the gallery and workshops and consulting. So we learned a lot from the past 10 years. So I'm excited to like package it up and it's called the creative business handbook and you can pre-order it now, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, all those places. And, um, we are going to be doing a free live masterclass for anyone who pre-orders the book. So I'll send Victoria, um, a link to that. So if you want to pre-order, just, you just have to write your receipt in the form and we'll let you know closer to the launch when, um, we'll be teaching it. So I'm really excited. Thank you for letting me share because I feel like this book is going to be like a pocket guide for people. And even if you don't want to be your own boss, like just having a side hustle and knowing how to promote it and make money from it is going to be so helpful to create it. So I can't wait. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I know that it had been under wraps for a while and to see it come out like, and to see the photos and it just looks absolutely beautiful. And I know it's going to change so many lives. So I'm so excited for you. I'm so proud of you. And Uh, The work you're doing is such a necessity in today's art world. It's so impactful. And I'm just an eternal fan of yours and (laughs) just feel so grateful that I got the opportunity to meet you and to work with you and just to learn more about your journey today. So the feeling is very mutual. I'm so proud of you and everything you're doing with Visionary and your own art and how you're so you're such an advocate for other artists and I know we can all feel that it's so genuine and much appreciated I wish I had you when I was <laughs> when I was graduated I would be like yes I would be watching all your tip videos and all your reels and Aww. I would be absorbing them like a sponge <laughs> well that feeling is definitely mutual <laughs> because I always share how lost I felt right after art school but it's like it's like you said we create things that maybe we didn't have. And that is the most beautiful and genuine way to help others. It's like you're thinking about what would have been helpful for me five years ago or 10 years ago or however long ago. So amazing work. And yeah, I just want to thank you so much for joining me today, Kat. I will include all of the uh, links and um, everything that's relevant to to today's conversation in the show notes. Thank you so much, love. It's such a pleasure to chat with you. And thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in and supporting our platform. To learn more about New Visionary Magazine, head over to visionaryartcollective.com magazine. You can order individual copies on Amazon or subscribe annually to digital issues. We also have opportunities to get featured in the magazine, so be sure to join our newsletter and follow us on Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes or tag us on Instagram. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.